Welcome to the Influencer Beyond Ball podcast. I'm Jim Caval, and we have a treat today because we're going to be talking to NFL All-Pro running back Tiki Barber, former NFL All-Pro running back, that is. Tiki had uh, a great career with my New York football giants, but in this interview, he's going to not only talk about before the Giants, but also after the Giants, and how his mindset beyond the game, beyond ball, was always really there. And you're going to learn things in this podcast from Tiki on topics like having confidence in yourself and learning to be sociable in certain environments, using the access that your name will engage you in because of sports, being a self-starter and taking initiative, uh, make an impression on influential people so that you can also become influential. Thinking about social media with a purpose so that you can tell your story in an intentional way on social. Knowing the market that you're trying to reach, which are your followers on social, and really tailoring your message toward them. And just really how to have a plan. And so I'm really excited to share this podcast with you. And you know, these podcasts are available most of the time in video form too. So in addition to listening to this podcast on your drive or however you're listening to it right now, know that you can go to influencer.com, that's I-N-F-L-C-R.com, and just go to the Beyond Ball blog, and you'll be able to find videos of a lot of these portions of the interview you're gonna hear from Tiki right now. And you can follow Tiki at Tiki Barber, to spell his name out, and he's on Twitter and Instagram, and you can, of course, follow me at Jim Caval, C-A-V-A-L-E, uh, and, and really just soak this in. I think you're going to have a lot of takeaways. This interview took place in Manhattan over on the west side at Vayner Media, my good friend Gary Vaynerchuk's big ad agency. So you'll hear some noise in the background, but you'll be able to hear Tiki well, and I hope you enjoy this interview between myself and Tiki Barber. All right, Tiki, so there's so many reasons that I wanted to talk to you and get you to basically talk to your 18-year-old self <laughs> to influence our nation, if you will. And, and so, you know, the two main things that I love about you as I've gotten to know you and as I've watched your story before we ever met mm -hmm. is you had the ability to see life after sports even while you were still a great athlete. Yeah. Number two, uh, as social media has developed, you not only get it as a personal brand, but you've created a business, you've co-founded a business that's targeting influencer marketing and has done it really on the cutting edge and before everyone else. So um, we're gonna get into those things, but let's start with your story. A lot of people might not know your story, where you came from, yeah. how you came up. So I mean, just kind of yeah, take I mean, us. Yeah, my life is interesting, it's fun though. Me and my twin brother were premature, born in Blacksburg. And that's only interesting because my mom and dad went to school at Virginia Tech. Obviously, <laughs> when we matriculated to college, we went to Virginia instead. And a lot of it was because of my, my father, uh, who we didn't really know. And um, when we got of age, we didn't want to follow, put that quote, we didn't want to follow in his footsteps to be athletes at Tech. And so we, one of the reasons that we went to Virginia was, was that. Obviously, it was also a great academic institution. Um, but it was something my mom always emphasized. Be your own person. Be your own man. Don't let whatever people think should define you, define you. Um, obviously, we were always good athletes. Played football, basketball, baseball, soccer. Did everything. And as you get older and you turn into a really good athlete, that's how people want to define you. And 
my mother wouldn't let that happen. And so she always said, schoolwork first. You know, you know, if you, if you fall off the steps and break your ankle, um, you might never play football again. And so we put it on ourselves to be great students also. And so I graduated college or high school He's number 11 in my class, but there was 11 of us that had four O's. So we technically had four, 11, we basically had 11 valedictorians. Wow. So I was valedictorian in my high school, then went to Virginia, and wanted to be an astronaut. And so I went to the engineering school. Obviously I'm there on football scholarship, but I'm there to study and be the best student I can be also. Eventually, I made my way to the business school where I studied management information systems, which is essentially database design and programming. Back then, that's... Back then, that's a big deal. Because remember, big... I, went to high, I went to college when dial-ups were still yeah. the way to connect to the internet. And you know what? One thing that's interesting, another uh, Tiki's an influencer ambassador, and, and another influencer ambassador is a guy named Cole Kublik. I don't know if you remember Cole. He played football at Auburn, and I was interviewing him. And you know what he said? He said, Tiki was always ahead of the curve. ESPN did this live chat thing yeah. back in college. Yeah. He played at the same time right. you did. And you were like one of the guys right. nationally that was into that. And there's an Auburn guy right. that was Cole's teammate. And he was, he was like, everybody was like, what are they doing? Yeah. Why are they into this live it's, chat it's thing? It's funny. because I, So I did that. And they also had me come down and speak to the student athletes down, <laughs> down at Auburn. Because I was one of the top eight student athletes coming out of, coming out of college. Um, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, 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 but here's the odd thing. Right? So my dream job, while all my colleagues in the business school are they're networking with J.P. Morgan or KPMG or whatever job they want to go take in the business sector, I'm thinking, man, I want to go work for Oracle or I want to go work for Microsoft. And then football gets in the way and I get really good and um, ultimately get drafted to the New York Giants. So this, this, this um, dream of being a programmer and starting the cutting edge of technology is obviously put on hold. I graduated in 97. 2000 is when you know, the world started to really become hip to what programming and technology is going to do for us because of Y2K. Right. People were terrified what was going to happen yeah. when Y2K The date's around. gonna change and it's gonna go back to 1900. Yeah, that's what people think, but logically it made no sense. Because if a database was built in, say, 1950-something, and you only have two digits, you know, two spaces reserved for date, you're, you have 50 years before, <laughs> before it actually becomes an issue. And so I, I always knew it was going to be uh, much ado about nothing, but um, when you're programming on COBOL and, 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 and C++, you, you think about those things. Now they're on to so many other different programming languages, which I don't know because I spent a decade playing football. Right. Obviously, I played f football for 10 years with the Giants, and it was an amazing career that I had. And when I retired, I was, I was looking for what's next. In New York, you get sucked into media just because it's New York. Everyone wants to talk to you. There's plenty of opportunities. And so media became my, my first endeavor. But I always had this desire to go back to my first dream, which was to be in the tech world. And it took about four or five years post-retirement that I found the right partner, and that was Mark Gerson of GLG, and he and I started what was essentially a marketplace for athletes to book engagements, right. whether it be a bar mitzvah, right. a birthday party, um, a, a flag football game, what a, literally any, a lunch, a dinner. Almost like offline influencer marketing, yes. yeah. which then grew because of social media. Before we keep going on yeah. that, though, 
that's, you just my, talked that's, about, that's, that's you just my, talked that's about my professional life in like a, a quick circle. Yeah, you just talked about retirement uh, fast, and we skipped through. You know, the I said obviously yeah. New York Giants, but um, you, you've yeah, obviously learned so much during those ten years. First of all, you never knew you'd end up in the media capital of the world, no, right? No, you know, that's the odds that's, of the draft. That's serendipity. Serendipity. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, I'm a Giants fan. You know, you stunned us when when you you decided to hang them up. And so, but I think there's some brilliance in that to share to the younger uh, kids because at, at the end of the day, everybody's gonna hang it up at some point. Of course, or right? or you're going to be forced to hang it up, or usually, you're gonna not leave on your own terms. Exactly. Usually, the game tells you you're done. You right. don't decide. And the only reason I get some flack from how I retired is because the Giants won the Super Bowl the next year. But that's timing. I mean, that's not life exactly. is timing. You exactly. know, I could, you know, I could have, you know, picked the wrong number at the right time, at the, at the wrong, the right number at the wrong time in the lottery, and just missed making yeah. fifty million dollars. Like we were talking about earlier, Seattle could have just gave it to Marshawn Lynch. And, You're right. And Brady You're would have right. a different record in Super Bowl. You're right. You're right. So, <laughs> so timing, timing is, is everything, and I, and you can't control timing. Um, you can only control what's important to you. And back to the original point about my mother and how she you know, helped us grow up and, and wanted us to not be defined by what everybody else wanted you to be, be defined by. I was very comfortable walking away from the game when I did. Yeah. Because my dreams were going elsewhere. My passions were going elsewhere. And I know most people cut off their left pinky finger to play in that probably more to play in the national football league but it was past me in, in my mind and so i, I moved on yeah um it was the right thing to do yeah it really was i love how you still own that decision and still know it was the right thing to do but i also love how you own it in a way where you did it on your terms yeah and so for many players um, it may not happen on their terms it may happen after college yeah even though they play at a power five school Unfortunately, they don't get the opportunity to play in the NFL. And then, if they're not prepared, they've got to kind of figure things out. While the guys they played with that did make it are living a lifestyle that is very hard to catch up with. You're right. Uh, and yeah. so just... Well, yeah, life, life accelerates. When, the, when your game is done, um, whether it's in high school, college, or the NFL, life accelerates. Because for so, when you're an athlete and you're a really good one, things are dictated for you. Your schedule's dictated for you. Where you, where you're, uh, what you what you're making is dictated for you. The things you have to do, it's 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 instructions. When when you're done, you become an adult, mm -hmm. and especially if you've made made it to the professional level, um, you're actually behind the eight ball. Because your peers that graduated college and stepped into the workforce, whatever that workforce they're gonna have a head start on you. They they have been climbing a ladder, a corporate ladder. They have been figuring life, independent life out. Whereas you get dumped into that, say at 27, 28, say 30, 32. They are so far ahead of you. Now, if you've made a decent amount of money, then you're okay. But not all guys do. And in those that do don't all often conserve it. Right. Appropriately. And so the professional world, regardless of the money you've made, um, has passed you by if you've made it professionally and then retired. And so to catch up is hard. Right. And, you know, one thing that uh, Reggie Torbor said, another influencer 
uh, ambassador, he said that guys like Tiki, Michael Strahan, they, they didn't just get lucky when it was over um, and it just worked out for them. They've been preparing for that for years. And he talked about with Strahan, yeah, him doing local yeah. radio, local TV. Like he didn't just end up on, you know, Good Morning America. Tiki didn't just get a radio show that your radio show is yeah. growing now. Tiki didn't just co-found, um, you know, a tech company by chance, right? Because you had some money and you threw it yeah. at it, right? Like, like you've been preparing for that. How important is that for athletes to start doing even at the college level? I yeah. know it's hard. Yeah. Because there's a dream. Well, actually, no. And the college is easier because. Especially if you're at a, a bigger college or that has a large alumni base and you're an athlete and a, you don't have to be a, a really popular one or an accomplished one. You just have to be associated with that athletic uh, program. Your alumni revere you, right? They want to help you. And so while it feels, I don't know, cool to feel like you're standing alone and I'm accomplishing something, it's actually beneficial to be collaborative. Like use that access that your association with that athletic program gives you to have conversations with the most prominent alumni you can find or one that's in an, an area, a professional area that you're interested in and just have a conversation. Like they won't answer the phone because you are calling them. So right? let's and so using your name to get to get access is the best thing to do. Not you don't necessarily have to monetize it. No, and a, lot, and, a lot, and a lot of kids think they, they need to monitor. I need to be paid to do. No, you don't. You need you to just, leverage the fact that they just, care about you, you at just, that point. Exactly. You just need access. And and you know the the one thing that's realist in social media is the direct messaging opportunity yeah. that you have while you're still a player playing at that level. You have the credibility to get. I mean, the donors at whatever big program right. you want to name who are CEOs and influential right. people making big decisions and use direct message, or if they're not on social, use email yeah. to get an answer, right. to get engaged. Right, just to get to get a response. If every kid did get that 10 times during their four years, yeah. how much different would it be when it was over? Can you imagine <laughs> if I think, think of think of the, for instance, I'm a University of Virginia graduate. graduate. Yeah. But I, I understand and understood always the value of my degree. Obviously, for what it would provide me professionally down the road. More importantly, the larger alumni community that it tied me to. Right. So, just say I wanted to get to finance. For some reason, I had a bend for finance. And I'm a superstar running back or whatever at the University of Virginia. You were. Well, I, I was. So I'm, just, I'm using it as an example, but facetious because I didn't do this. But if I had done this, say I wanted to get into finance, what would have stopped me from finding Paul Tudor Jones? You know, who's wow. one of our great alumni. Yeah. And just sending him a note. I guarantee you he responds. Guarantee you he responds. It's no different at, at the University of Texas or at Alabama. There's some, there's some executive who is a, um, a, a huge football fan or baseball fan or basketball fan and would love to engage with you or at least answer your question. Be of assistance And to I you. think they'd be impressed, too. Not only would they think it's cool because you have the social capital, we'll call it, mm -hmm because you're playing but yeah. also they'd be surprised like, of course because wow, you take the initiative this kid you take taking an initiative take, he's a self-starter self-starter and that and once once you make that impression on somebody it lasts forever so we are both saying that we wish we did that yeah um and and so if you're listening or watching like you have to consider yeah. the platform while you've got it. that's oh, awesome yeah but the problem was it didn't exist mm -hmm. right didn't exist when i was around and I think that's a perfect transition. It yep. didn't exist. And 
you say a lot of things about this topic, athletes and social, but one thing you said is, you know, the opportunity for the school and their brand to collaborate and work together with the athletes and their personal brands is it's almost like they can borrow each other's brands it's an amazing opportunity and it's not being done by either instead of other people yes yes outside influencers are using those brands for whatever reason some 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 of it's good some of it's selfish and monetized outside of the uh, of, the, of the entity that we're talking about the player or the university and so when i think about um how social media should work i've never been one to just throw random things on social media. Um, you have to think about it with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And there's a story that I'm crafting. Mm -hmm. and we, everybody tells stories. The oldest way of communication right. in, our, in humanity, to be honest with you, is how history gets, has gotten passed down. Everything you do, you have to think about is telling a story. And this is who I am. This is what I care about. Uh, this is what's interesting to me. And that with the hopes that on the other side of that story, you'll find like-minded individuals who will say, oh, I like that too, I'm interested in that too. I really like this guy's personality. I wanna be associated with him. And if you get enough of those, then brands start taking notice. And you become what we're describing, or now has become the catchphrase, an influencer. And I don't think enough athletes think of it that way. They think of it as their, their this isn't just for athletes, but this is all people, but we're talking specifically about athletes. They, they look at it as their platform to just be cool. Right. Which is okay, as long as you're not being um, destructive right. to that brand that you actually need to build. Well, I heard somebody say this. A very brilliant guy that's in this world said, uh, I, I said to him, I said, you know, marketing is basically made up of three things on a triangle. You got the message, the market, and the media. Yeah. The media here are these different social tools. Mm -hmm. The market are your actual followers. Yeah. So if you have 100 followers and 60 of them are, let's say you're an NFL player mm -hmm. and you have 100 followers, 100,000 followers, yeah. obviously. Hundreds you're easy to remember. <laughs> so you're 100,000 followers, you're AJ Green, and 60,000 of your followers actually are from when you played at Georgia. Mm -hmm. But yet your message, remember it's message market media, your message going through that media is nothing you never post anything about Georgia you're right but yet they're following you because of your time at Georgia when Georgia wins why would you not post a photo right. of you when you played there yeah with go dogs yeah. the WGS yeah. right like that's you got to know your your market and that's 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 what's missed a lot in social media who's actually following me who who actually cares about me um, at least as it pertains to social platforms yeah and how do I best utilize those that are following me yeah. And as you as you maximize that, then you can expand. Then you can talk about things that are outside of your lane, so to speak. Um, but you're right. You're right. It's not something that most um, influencers think about. Okay, so you're in a position now where you're way out of football, right? You're, you're all over the place. you got a lot of cool things going on. Um, you're part of a nonprofit. That's how we met. That is doing some amazing work, Culture City. You're uh, doing what you're doing with uh, with your radio show, yep. uh, and then Thuzio and now Julius. How do you juggle your time and s focus on what really matters and say no to all the noise, yep. especially out there in this city? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and just kind of catch people up on what you're doing. With yeah. Those three you, things uh, and anything else. You uh, you missed the six kids that I have. <laughs> and you have six kids. 
you know, I'm a, I'm a great delegator. I have a fantastic wife, Tracy, who my second wife. And we have two kids together, Brooklyn and Tegan, who are three and um, and ten months. And my older kids, 15 and 14 and 13, and now seven-year-old twins. Um, they live in Greenwich, and it's difficult, but it, it works right. because of a good relationship with my ex-wife. But with Thuzio, one of my early, and really mine and Mark Gerson's early thoughts was we have to hire the smartest people that we can, those that we can trust to delegate duties to and, and empower them to make the right decisions. Not always second guess, not always say this is, you know, don't have that pride and ownership. I'm squeezing so tight and owning that creativity is, 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 is compressed and, yeah. it's, and, it's, and it's stunted, right? It's, it's more like a loose hand. Where you, you want you want to guide but not uh, crush, and so we hired great people, and so I feel confident and comfortable uh, with with my business, mine and Mark's business, and Jared, our CEO, who's also one of the founders, um, guiding, going in the right directions because we hired the right people to begin with, and that's hard, right? It seems like it's it's easy to find the right it's people. Very hard. It's very hard. And people um, smarter than you, who are more talented right. than you, and you being okay with letting go, knowing you're right. they're going to do a better job than you're you right. would anyways. You're right. You're right. That's leadership. You're right. That the coach is. that's coaching the Giants right now can't what? go out there and play. He cannot go out on the field. <laughs> no coach has ever been on the field. That's right. The coach can only instruct and empower and um, trust that they're going to do the right thing. All right. So... If you were talking to yourself at 18, we already talked about one thing you mm -hmm. said you'd do, but just in general, what's some, what's some advice that you would give yourself now yeah. being in the second of life? So, so it's interesting with athletes, and I've had this observation for a few years. Not a lot of athletes are taught how to be um, social. I'm not talking about social media. I mean social. Mm -hmm. Like to have a conversation, to shake someone's hand, to take the initiative to meet someone. They're not taught how to do that. They're taught how to be great athletes. And so when they get put in social situations, sometimes they're very uncomfortable. Like they become uncomfortable with their celebrity because it's not something that they've ever learned how to be. You know, you're, not, you're not taught to be a celebrity. You're not expected to be a celebrity. You're expected to be great at what you're doing. And because you're great at what you're doing, you just become a celebrity. Right. But be, being that is, is difficult. Some people have done it really well, but a lot don't. So they'll get into a room, they'll be who knows in that room, someone very influential or not, and they're standing in the corner on their phone. And they're and hoping maybe somebody won't come up to them. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right. And I know that because I, that I was that way. I was shy when I was, was young, um, probably until I got ready to graduate college. I didn't know how to have conversations with people. I know how to have conversations with my friends, but I didn't, know how to, I didn't know how to have conversations with people I didn't know. Right. And, it's, and it took learning. It actually took me coming to New York where I was forced to have conversations with people that I didn't know. And so in a lot of ways, I've been lucky, but it's taught me lessons. And so the first thing I would tell my 18-year-old self is have confidence in you. Right? Be, be assured of who you are. And don't worry about how people are going to look at look at you. Just be assured of who you are, um, because that allows you to feel confident talking to strangers, which is simple, but one of the most important things you can ever do in your life. That's great advice. Um, 
I'm going to shift back to uh, to social media and athletes uh, as we as we start to get ready to conclude this. I tell people a lot. It's funny to me, or maybe it's more ironic than funny, that some of the best leaders are leading college football programs, mm -hmm. and everybody knows leadership is a combination of strategy yep. and tactics, yep. right? So no team goes onto the field without a strategic plan for yeah. that game, yeah. and then the players that are the most talented and best at executing that plan are the ones who tactically carry it out, right? This has been going on mm -hmm. since the history of war. I mean, of strategy, tactics. Yeah. Yet the same leaders are running programs without any strategy for their student athletes on social media, mm -hmm. knowing that their student athletes are definitely going to spend 90 or more minutes a day on it, yep. doing the tactical. Yeah. So there's no strategy and they're hoping. Yeah, they're hoping that they get it right. That they do it right, so which, why? Is, which is not how any coach <laughs> or administrator would ever, ever expect a football, basketball, baseball, whatever team to find success. You would never do that. Never. And the brand of the school that has a century of history. Yeah. Look, we're in a different world. You know this. Yeah. We're in a different world now. Um, social media didn't exist. HTML, I was just learning how to program HTML, much less you know, exploit it back in 97 when I graduated from college. Now, it is, it, it takes over kids' worlds when they're 13, 14, 15. Um, and social media has only exacerbated that. You have to have a plan. And you have to have programs to, to, to give kids their own plan as well. And if you can do it in collaboration with the university, then there's a, an enormous, enormous opportunity to create this shared branding opportunity that could be massive and how you get there is is the question that everybody's looking how to answer right um, obviously it's complicated because of the NCAA and and uh, monetizing uh, said brands but I do believe at some point that changes uh, it has to yeah uh, especially as we start celebrating 15 16 year old kids who are not even in college yet and we know that they're going to be one or two years in, the, in, in, in an intercollegiate program and then, you know, uh, putting themselves into the professional ranks. Right? How do you best capture what they bring and, and, and how do you best monetize that for all parties involved? That's the question that's waiting to be answered when it comes to NCAA sports. Mm -hmm. um, and how you do that is, is, I think, simple but complicated to get executed. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do at Influencer, and we're, we're trying to start simple, right? It's like, not just with student-athletes, but social media in general, and you know this from what Julius has done, yeah. um, an Influencer platform, right? It's so hard to find channels nowadays, and I would count a, an account on Instagram mm -hmm. or Twitter of a person as a channel just as much as I would count ABC, mm -hmm. who's televising Dancing with the Stars, right. all channels. When, when I was a kid, we had 40 channels. And then in 2000, when I graduated from high school, we had 2,000 channels. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, we've got millions of channels, maybe billions. And, and so if we've got billions of channels, uh, what we want to do with Influencer is through a dashboard, through a system that allows an aggregation of accounts to be in one place, see all the brand tentacles that are your student athletes representing your school and empower them with a plan. Yeah, no, as I think about, think about it in real time, I'm sure there will be resistance from the athlete 
because the athlete doesn't want to be monitored and they don't want big brother no they don't they don't want big brother they don't want they don't want to be told what they can and cannot do on social media but in some ways being held accountable just like you would just like you are not would just like you are on the football field is the most important thing that can happen to them yeah right because what what let's say Nick Saban is teaching a left tackle that's going to help him you know, win a game on Saturday afternoon and hopefully get to another national championship if that same type of message is presented to that same athlete on his social media account this is this isn't going to help you get in the NFL but this is going to help you monetize yourself down the line even building, if it's just getting a job building your brand right whether you're in the NFL or not is invaluable to this player mm-hmm. and so while initially he might say I don't want to be monitored I don't want to be put into a box and told what I can and cannot do it's actually probably significantly more valuable than what coach Saban is telling him to do is going to get him into the National Football League. And then around our dashboard, we help our clients, the universities, equip the student-athlete with content from the paid media staff they have and equip them with education from guys like you, guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Yeah. And so full circle, that's our, our initial approach. But like you said, it's an ever-evolving uh, field. And See, the beauty of, of the, this world, and it's no different than with my company, which started as Thuzio, and now is two businesses, Julius, which is a SaaS product, and the Thuzio Executive Club, which is an event company, you're going to pivot. You're, yep. going, to, you're going to learn along the way yep. and realize this works, this, this doesn't work, um, uh, and this is what my client or my user mm-hmm. needs. Yep. And, and it, it, will, it, will, it, will, it will build itself no different than a child. Yep. You give it direction, but eventually a kid learns how to walk. And then he's on his own. There's no doubt about it, man. I, I could I could talk to you forever. You got to go do your radio show. But yeah. I really appreciate uh, you making the time and being a, a part of what we're doing at Influencer. Just your wisdom, your story. It's, it's really encouraging. Thank you, Jeff. It's Thank exciting. You. Appreciate it, man. Great stuff from Tiki. I, I tried to tell you earlier. I mean, it's just so meaty. So much to take away. So much to apply. Once again, follow him at Tiki Barber. Follow me at Jim Caval, C-A-V-A-L-E. And of course, go to influencer.com and visit the Beyond Ball blog for more blogs on these topics where you can read keynotes and links uh, with this Tiki Barber one. You'll be able to uh, really go back to a lot of the the key points he made uh, inside of the blog about this interview. You also can watch interviews of Tiki and I having this conversation over at VaynerMedia in Manhattan. Um, And you can find other blogs like this. So it's inflcr.com. And just go to the Beyond Ball blog option on that uh, on that website and, and uh, check it out there. And of course, follow Influencer, I-N-F-L-C-R, at I-N-F-L-C-R on Twitter uh, and, uh, and on Instagram. And, and once again, thanks for checking out this interview. And make sure that you tell others about Influencer, especially organizations, brands, who you feel can use what we offer with our software platform to help brand ambassadors and brands work together on social media, along with our educational components like you're uh, listening to today. So thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with another edition of the Influencer Beyond Ball podcast very soon.